Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. I'm so, so happy to be with you. Blessed be God that we could be on again. And this is the 2 p.m. Eastern uh, hour, and um, we can do this every day on video, and I'm just so thrilled to be back with you. Um, Things in the world and in the church are pretty awful. Um, As you know, uh, the Synod is going to um, its aim, the Synod on Synodality, is to destroy the church. It doesn't use the word destroy. It, it uses a, um, uh, to create a, an entire, uh, entirely new paradigm. A paradigm is a complete shift in how we see something. Someone gave me an example um, one year of uh, a battleship um, and uh, the battleship was two ships in the in the night, in the dark night, uh, looking looking like they were on a collision course. And so the captain of the one ship Morse coded the other and said, "We're on this collision course. Move to the right ten degrees." And the Morse code came back, "No, you move ten degrees." And the the uh, ship said. Um, I'm a captain. No, at first he said, we're a battleship, move. And the, no, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up. He said, I'm a captain, move. And the other one came back, I'm a first class sergeant, but you have to move. And finally, after this back and forth, the captain said, uh, through Morse, Morse code, we are a battleship, move. And what came back was, we're a lighthouse. You see, <laughs> that's a paradigm shift. Just thought there were two ships in the night that were going to uh, collide, having a, um, a fight. But the battleship, uh, once he knew it was a lighthouse, there was no question he is the one that had to move. Um, that's what a paradigm shift is. And that's what we're coming to in this synod and synodality. It is, they say they don't want to destroy the church, or at least that's not their aim, but it will. It will, it will destroy the church, beloved, because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, um, uh, God will lead it into all truth till the end of time. There's no fear there. But how it will happen and what God will allow in the destruction of our current situation we don't know, but there's no springtime coming up. Things are not going to get better. I believe they're going to get much worse and very fast. Um, and so um, the, the Holy Father has stated that he wants to completely change the church. And he's doubling his time while he's still alive to complete his um, objective. And so the Synod is planned to do that, to totally give us a new face, a new doctrine, a new everything. 
and it will not be the church. And we who are faithful to stick to the true church, to the faith once delivered to the saints, we are the ones that will be called schismatic because we keep to the truth. We will be schismatic if we don't um, go along with this false church and a heretical doctrine. But we will stick to the truth, beloved. Don't fear. Just stay with the truth. If we go underground, I mentioned before that Pope Benedict, when he was um, Cardinal Ratzinger, already wrote the fact that within our generation, we will, the church will go underground. We'll do whatever we need to do, but never compromise and absolutely keep the faith. And more than ever, beloved, bring your children home. Learn about your vocation as a father, Papa, as a man, as a man leading his household. Don't leave it to your wife to lead in prayer and to teach. Yes, she may homeschool while you're at work, but when you come home at night, you lead the family lovingly. Lead them in prayer. Get involved with the homeschooling of the children. Love your wife. Archbishop Chapu said that the greatest gift a father can give his mother uh, his, I'm sorry, the greatest gift a father could give his children um, is to love their mother. Be- and the reverse, the greatest gift a mother could give her children is to love their father. Um, if a mother dotes on her children and talks uh, negatively about their father, complains about their father, uh, disrespects him when he's home, the children will never learn love, and they will not feel loved, and they will not feel secure and they'll get an awful idea of marriage. When children see husbands and wives hugging each other and kissing each other in the kitchen and loving each other, then they see love, and then they feel love and secure. Learn what a family, learn what God's design for the family is, dear ones. Father, be the protector, be the head of the family who will lay down your life for your wife, as Christ did the church, Ephesians 5. Women, submit to the headship of your husbands, not to abuse, not to anyone who lords it over you. Men, women are to submit to a man who will lay down his life for her. That is the love that every woman can submit to, and that is the love that God intended a woman to submit to and for children to grow up under Make your home thoroughly Catholic. Throw the TV out, or at least don't let them watch anything that's not Catholic or very beautiful, beautifully Catholic. It doesn't have to be specifically Catholic with the word, but it has to have everything in it, not one thing that would counter Catholic understanding and teaching. Not one thing. Um, such as Sound of Music. It, it, there's Catholicism in there, but it's not necessarily a Catholic movie. But everything in there is Catholic. Everything. Many, 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 many Catholic movies. Many. Um, if you don't know what they are, uh, look up the 50 best Catholic movies on the internet. Uh, 50 best Catholic movies of all time. You'll get a bunch of them. And again, some of them that you don't know were Catholic. Um, but... Um, uh, don't let your children see a movie or watch anything on TV that hasn't passed your judgment. If you haven't seen it, don't let them see it. Um, you're responsible before God. 
You will not stand before God and be able to blame the culture or the church or the schools. You will not be able to blame anyone because God has not given your children to the culture and the church and the schools. He's given them to you as stewards. And dear mothers, you homeschool your children while they're growing in your womb. And when they uh, are birthed, you diaper them and you feed them and you uh, take care of them and you teach them to speak and to walk and to play and all of that. And then when they're five or six years old, you turn them over to the world. That is not only um, giving them into a society that will destroy them, but I think it's an abuse. Because even if you send them to a Catholic school, unless you know that every teacher there is thoroughly, thoroughly Catholic and would not teach your child anything with sex ed or anything like that, even then, your, your child is going to be going into a whole different culture. They've been learned, loved and nurtured and taught in your home. No one else has your customs, your values. Home is their security. Put them out in the world and they'll learn from the world. And they'll come home speaking words and you'll say to them, where'd you get that? Well, Johnny said it. And is it Johnny's fault? No, it's your fault for sending them into the world especially a world as we have today. So I'm not eliminating all Catholic schools, but I will tell you I will eliminate most Catholic schools because their agenda is awful. Um, And it will destroy your children. Um, Some public schools today are better than some Catholic schools. Horrible statement to make, but it's true. So learn what it is to be a father, papa, and mama, Learn what it is to be a mother. Learn what it is to be, to remain a bride of your husband, to be lovely when he comes home, to be in a beautiful dress and all fresh and everybody uh, in, uh, happy to greet their father. Not, uh, he walks through the house and the children are playing and they don't even recognize him or they don't stop playing. Papa's home. Oh, hi, hi, Dad. It's terrible. You should. There should be a, a party greeting him every day when he comes home. Everybody should be there to hug him. And you, Mama and Papa, should bless your children before they leave in the morning if they're going out to school. And Papa, if you're going out to work, bless them before you leave the house. Bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Pray a Mary together. Do the same before you go to sleep. Pray at at table. Don't let children sit down before the parents. They need to stand until the father and mother are seated. They need to respect authority, especially their parents. And the conversation at dinner needs to be holy conversation, not with four people talking at once, but one person at a time. A family time of formation. There's the music for our first break, beloved. You can't do everything at once, but you can begin. Begin now, not Sunday, not Monday, tonight. Begin tonight. Lovingly, not under stress, not demanding, just lovingly leading your children to follow your example. We'll be right back after the break, beloved, and take your calls and emails after the second break.
one of our Lord's most important promises in the gospel, which he says, he who seeks finds, knock and the door will be opened to you. So ultimately the reason that I am not a saint is because I don't want to be one yet. Because if I wanted to be a saint, Lord Jesus promised me he would give me the grace to do so. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. We come to this realization that the culture war, yes, it is certainly something that can help, can assist us on that path to salvation. But it is not the end that we are searching for. A perfect culture will never be in this society. But sanctification, my soul becoming a saint, that is possible with the help of God. That's Sermons for Everyday Living from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 AD, and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And, and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, you know that, and I am so thrilled to be with you. Blessed be God forever. We are speaking, I'm refraining um, uh, from reading you um, some truly awful things that are ahead for us in the church, but I know you can look them up on the internet as well. Um, the key to all of this, beloved, is the restoration of the family. The restoration of the family will bring restoration to civilization. And um, uh, without that, uh, there's, no, uh, there's no church. If there's no family, there's no vocations. And no vocations, no priesthood, no priesthood, no Eucharist, no Eucharist, the world wouldn't exist. Our Lord Jesus Christ will protect that. Uh, the gates of hell won't prevail. This is certain. Um, not based on circumstances, but based on his word. Um, but the family is key. Uh, I recommend to all of you to subscribe to Voice of the Family Digest on the internet. Voice of the Family Digest. Absolutely. It, it's part of, um, um, well, here do I say, um, Voice of the Family is a, um, a bit of a conglomerate, an organization comprised of several organizations who exist to help 
the family, help uh, the family be reestablished in God's design where it's not, and to live God's design. There's an article here. I'm going to begin to read it, but I'll never finish today. We'll read some today and perhaps uh, complete it tomorrow by Monsignor Henry de Lassus. Um, And it's called The Sanctity of the Mother and the Cult of Ancestors. Let's figure out what he's saying here. Uh, It's the seventh in a series of 20 articles drawn from Monsignor de Lassus' two-volume work, which is called The Problem of the Present Time, Antagonism of Two Civilizations. It was written in 1905. The section of his work translated for this series from Voice of the Family considers the role of the family as the origin and model of society, the disastrous effects of human tampering, and the necessity of the restoration of Christian society. The series began in Voice of the Family in April of 2022 with how states are formed. And now we'll continue with this. Beloved, you can do a tremendous amount of research on, but you see the bookcase behind me. It's mostly on the family. That's where my heart is. Um, You can do a lot of research from a lot of wonderful resources and websites on the family. Voice of the Family just captures the best. Um, I'll begin to read this. To the authority of the father must be joined the sanctity of the mother. <clears throat> Did you hear that? To the, it's not one or the other. To the authority of the father must be joined the sanctity of the mother. Blessed is he, said Lamartine, who, to whom God has given a holy mother. He was among those who had this blessing. And he never tired of revisiting the debt of gratitude that he owed to her. Quote, for having watched over the thought of this child day after day to turn it towards God as one watching over a stream from its very source to direct it toward the meadow where one wants to make a new grass reappear, end quote. How many other mothers have imprinted deeply in the soul of their children the respect, worship, and adoration of God, of which they were, by the purity of their life, the living, living image for them. Mine, said the same poet, had the piety of an angel. My mom had the piety of an angel. The beauty of her features and the holiness of her thoughts fought together to perfect one another. <clears throat> As mother, listen, dear mothers, and dear fathers, listen. As mother, the Christian woman sanctifies the man as infant. As daughter, she edifies the man as father. As sister, she improves man as brother. As wife, she sanctifies the man as husband. The mother of St. Athanasius said, I want to make my son a saint. A thousand thanks, my God. For giving us a saint for a mother, cried the two sons of St. Amelia, St. Basil, and St. Great of Nyssa at her death. Oh my God, I owe everything to my mother, said St. Augustine. In his gratitude for having so deeply pervaded him with the doctrine of Christ, St. Gregory the Great 
had his mother, Sylvia, painted at his side, dressed in a white robe and a doctor's mitre, extended two fingers of her right hand, as if giving her blessing and holding in her right hand the book of the Holy Gospels before her son's eyes. Who gave us St. Bernard, so pure, so strong, so consumed with love of God? His mother, Aleth, closer to our own time, to some people who congratulated him for having had a taste of piety at a young age, the holy curé of ours said, quote, after God, it is the work of my mother, end quote. Almost all the saints have attributed their sanctity to their mothers, who saw in their children, according to the beautiful thought of Lamartine, quote, one more servant to serve the great master, one more eye, a mind to know him, one more tongue in the infinite choir, by whom from age to age he must be blessed. One can add that great men, too, were made by their mothers. Bishop Castolf, in a letter to Charlemagne, reminds him of the memory of his mother, Bertrada, saying, quote, O King, if God Almighty had raised you above all your contemporaries and all your predecessors in honor and glory, you owe it above all to the virtues of your mother. Dear mothers, are you listening? You say, well, if I had a better husband, I would do this. No, 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 no. It's not dependent on your husband. Live your vocation. Live a life of sanctity, and God will convert your husband. On the mother's knees, St. Joseph de Maistre is formed that which is most excellent in the world. She is at the heart of this resplendent lamp of which the gospel speaks, shining on all the light of faith and the flames of divine charity. It is for her to make the thought of the sovereignty of God our first principle and our last end. Live in the family. Listen to this, beloved. I'll repeat it. It is for the mother to to make the thought of the sovereignty of God live in the family. The principle of love and gratitude that we must have for his infinite bounty of acts of sincerity of speech the principle of devotion and mutual support the principle of work and temperance so many families have thus come by the woman to the highest degree of consideration and prosperity and so many fallen families have also been raised up again by them i'm going to just pause to say blessed dear ones As I see mothers with children in the world, my heart absolutely grieves. Young girls who are half naked, um, children in restaurants, babies who are allowed to throw food all over the place and whose parents just want to be out for a good meal so they put up with them or silence them. They're not raising their children. They're not teaching them virtue. It's grievous. It's grievous, beloved. You've been given in an extraordinary uh, vocation to raise saints for the kingdom, to raise children for God. Nothing in your life, and to be saints yourself, nothing in your life, not success at work, 
Nothing in your life will ever come before that. In the 16th century, Louis de Gonzague, New, uh, Duke of Nevers, was on the verge of bankruptcy. His wife, Henriette of Cleves, took over the government of the household and reestablished order in its affairs. Another wife and mother, Jeanne de Schomburg, sister of the second of the marshals of his na this name, saw her husband's ruin. She saw his ruin. Quote, I will see for myself and examine all our affairs with care according to the capacity that God has given me. And before working on this, I will raise my heart to the Holy Ghost to ask him for the gifts of counsel and fortitude in order to act in all things with prudence and firmness. See? Beloved, this is a wife who is holy, who strives to live her vocation and raise up her husband, not complain about him, not talk about him to her friends. Wives, if you dare talk about your husband's faults or what disturbs you about him or what he fails to do to any other person, including your best friend in the world, you are in sin and you cannot claim that you love your husband. You care less for him. You may have a certain emotional love for him, but you don't love him. His sins, his faults are no one's business. And if you think so little of him that you would spread them in gossip at a lunch table, um, you're in bad shape with God and don't you think you have virtue yourself? St. Jane, uh, Jane Francis de Chantal was introduced by her marriage into a house very tangled in its accounts. She began from the day after her wedding to repair the harm done. Quote, she accused herself to rise early in the morning. She had already put affairs in order and sent the men to work before her husband was up. We are presented with similar examples in all the conditions of life. August Kotchin says, quote, in the working family, the dominant figure is the woman. Everything depends on the mother's virtue and ends up modeling itself on her. To the father, the work of the gain of the household. To the woman, the care and interior direction. The husband earns, the wife saves. The husband feeds the children, the wife alone raises them. The husband is the head of the family, the wife is the link. The father is its honor, the wife is its blessing. Dear ones, we will continue with this tomorrow. This is so, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. But I thought the husband was the head of his family. He is. By laying down his life for his wife. And leading the family in prayer. And all that is uh, holy and good. There's the music, dearest, for our second break. We'll come back and have the whole half hour to ourselves to take your calls and your emails. Our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
www.thepassionrose.com. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. Catholic radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love it. everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful for it. Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. We hear all the time from listeners who discovered the station by seeing a Tri-God bumper magnet in traffic. You can request a free bumper magnet and start evangelizing just by driving around town. Go to thestationofthecross.com and click on Promotional Material under the About tab. There you can request a magnet for your listening area. We even have one for the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Request yours today. I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. Join us for the spirit world on the Station of the Cross. If we're really going to suffer, we really need to suffer here when we're in the church militant phase, right? The most difficult part for the poor soul is that they have some amount of that beatific vision in their judgment. They know they're going to get back to God, but then they're separated from God. So that's kind of the worst part because that's a spiritual suffering. The spirit world every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she and we are live and I'm so happy to be with you. I, you know, we, we returned this Monday, and uh, after being away so much a part of the last month that I feel like it's been years since I've been with you, I'm so thrilled. And we are at our office, our home, at our new property in Winsboro, and all is well, and we're absolutely thrilled. I spoke with a woman yesterday who called him. Was it Francesca? Yes, I think so, Francesca. And... um I invited you to call in today. I think it was you who um, was speaking about Bishop Olson. So if you're listening, call in and, and we'll continue that. But I think you also said your husband and you are coming this weekend to help us. That is so exciting. Just so exciting. So we look forward to, to meeting you and to welcoming you and anyone else who comes near or by Tyler, you are welcome to come by. We can use a hundred hands. In fact... We're just about to put out a um, kind of a sign-up list somehow on all of our needs. We need construction. We need a seam- good seamstress at the moment. Uh, we need, um, oh, I- I'm forgetting all the things we need, but a tremendous amount of work outside. We have a driveway, but it needs to be finished and made beautiful. And we need trees. Um, 
And we've decided whoever brings a tree, we're going to put a plaque with their family name on it. <laughs> It'd be very exciting for us. To be, you'll, have, you'll be with us forever. We need an entire, the building that's our, uh, is going to be our cloister, is large enough for 30 sisters. But at the moment, it only has eight huge rooms. And it needs to be redesigned and uh, made into 30 cells. So we need help for that. Electricians. Um, I don't know. We have a walkway to pave. It, it, it's, un, it's unlimited. Absolutely unlimited. So if you can help or wish to help or bring a little party or family, uh, let me know. Let us know. And uh, the email is mail, M-A-I-L, at motherofisraelshope.org. And you can always go to our website, which is motherofisraelshope.org. God bless you. We have a call on the line from Joseph in Buffalo. Hi, Joseph. Hi, Mother Mary. How are you? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm along. I'm 75 years old, and uh, things have been, uh, past month have been uh, horrendous with the health problems, but uh, I'm, sorry, I'm surviving. The reason, right. no, don't be sorry. It's God. Uh, you give it up. <sighs> Give it, give it up and give it up to him for the salvation of souls, and he's allowing it to make you a saint for heaven. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to call because I've been following you since you were tertiary, uh, getting acquainted mm. with Mother Angelica and everything. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, anointed king of Israel, chosen by God. Uh, oil from the beard of Aaron ran on my head. I was only four years old. So we're cut 1953. I was born in 1948, the year that uh, Israel became a nation. I was born yes. a couple months after. Mm-hmm. And I am the duly appointed king of Israel to, uh, they came uh, uh, to Canada to look for uh, remnants of King Saul's family. And I was a remnant, and I was chosen first by God. And then two hours later, my grandfather anointed me uh, in the name of the Canadian uh, temple. We I come from uh, a town in Maine that didn't have a temple. It was Catholic. And uh, they had uh, contact, Israel had contacted them and uh, wanted uh, one of us anointed that could take care of himself, not rely on the state of Israel. And, uh, but God was ahead of them. And my grandfather anointed me much to the chagrin of my, uh, my mother. She had to clean me from the olive oil that he had poured all over me. And uh, she was a mother. <laughs> she didn't know what was going on. My grandfather was an Orthodox Jew. And he treated us as anatema, as dead, as uh, Jewish people. My, my father was Jewish, but he rebelled. Uh, and what about your mother? Was she Jewish? 
Uh, no, she was uh, she was uh, Irish. Jewish, you know, Irish. Joseph, what's interesting with what you're saying is that you know that the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. You know that, right? right. Um, the, the, the temple in Israel was destroyed in 70 A.D. And with it, the entire sacrificial system uh, given to Moses by God because we now have the true sacrifice who is Christ to which all the old sacrifices pointed. Um, but also with the temple was destroyed all the genealogical records, all destroyed. And so if the Messiah came today, he would never be able to prove who he was because uh, because the records are destroyed. He would never be able to prove he's a son of David. And no one truly from David's line, and I think you're claiming to be that, uh, can know that because there's no records to prove it. So I don't know how this happened in your case. Yeah, well, it, it, it went through King Falls, uh, but my family also has uh, a deep, Saul was a Benjamite. Yeah. Saul was a Benjamite and not, not part of the Messiah's line. Right, but uh, the D at the end of my name stands for either Davidic or Diaspora. Well, so, Diaspora was the um, uh, scattering of the Jews uh, after Christ when they wanted to kill them. So they were scattered all over the Mediterranean. Um, so that would have been a, not a name, but a time. And if the D is for David or Davidic, my brother's name is David. It's my favorite name in the world. But no one could prove it's truly from David. And it's certainly not from Saul because Saul wasn't from the line of David. So it's a little complicated. We, did you grow up practicing the Jewish faith? Oh, I mean, I can give you, uh, the way I'm talking there, I can give you uh, the information offline. Okay. Uh, about Send myself, where you can prove what I'm talking about. Wow, I'm not Joseph. mentally ill. Or oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just uh, trying to put pieces together with you. But you know what? Why don't you go ahead and send it to the station of the cross, mother at the station of the cross dot com, and they'll send it to me, and I'll, I'll read it. Okay, uh, mother. Yes, at, dear. At what? Oh, I'm sorry, mother at the station of the cross dot com. Okay. I'll give you all the pertinent information, and you can... For Joseph. I'm a visionary, by the way. I... Okay. Wow. That's okay. quite a gift. God bless you, Joseph. God bless you, um, my brother, and you've got, as Joseph, you've got a fantastic name. Um, one of the sons of Abraham. It's wonderful. And I'll okay. give you the information offline. Uh, I'm church approved as a visionary by uh, Blessed Pope Pius XII and his emissary. Wow. wow. All right, my dear one. Uh, All the right, Americas. Okay. Uh -huh. But anyway, I'm proud of you as a Jewish person being a completely Jew now. 
Yes, very. Yeah, the most complete, the most Jewish a Jew could be, I often say, is to be Catholic. The most completed Jew is a Catholic. It's beautiful. Okay. Thank you very much, Mother Miriam. I enjoy your, your hours. Thank you, Joseph, and God bless you. God bless you, dear one. All right. We're going to take an email now from Jane Marie, <clears throat> who says, Dear Mother Miriam, which divine office do you use at your monastery? Well, we use the Benedictine diurnal um, because we're Benedictines, so it's different than the Roman, it's different than the liturgy, the hours. Normally, it's one volume that covers the entire year. Um, uh, you write, please let me know which one you use and where I can purchase it so I could pray along in my heart with all of you. Well, again, it's the um, uh, monastic diurnal, a Benedictine monastic diurnal, and we get it from Farnborough Monastery in England, F-A-R-N-B-O-R-O-U-G-H, Farnborough Monastery in England, but also you could get it here in the United States from Clear Creek, uh, Our Lady of Clear Creek, Clear Creek Abbey in Oklahoma, um, and other Benedictine sources. Um, Jane says, Take, thank you so much for taking my email. God bless you for teaching and standing up to the truth, dear mother. Thank you, Jane Marie. There's nothing else to stand up for. And she says, with love and prayers through the hearts of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Jane Marie. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Um, we have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Uh, I enjoy your show and listen on the iCatholic radio app. That's great. I was in a Facebook group for moms. <clears throat> the administrator of this group posted pictures of her son. Then I saw this mother and her son at the library, but the son is being dressed like a girl. Oh, no. I was frozen, as she puts three exclamation marks after the word girl. I was frozen in shock and checked the group to make sure she had a son and not a daughter. Immediately, I left the Facebook group. The mother is not making it public that she is dressing her son like a girl. Now, through Facebook, she is sending her son to my child's school. They will be in kindergarten together. She refers to her child as her kindergartner and not as a girl or boy. So she is keeping her lie a secret. I think I may be the only person who knows this horrific situation. I do not know this mother personally, only through social media. This mom, on her personal Facebook profile, seems like an angry activist who curses and promotes abortion. My goodness, and this is a, a um, face group Facebook group for moms. I wonder why you're even on that face group, Facebook group. Um, so I don't know this mother personally, only through social media. This mom on her personal Facebook profile seems like an angry activist who curses and promotes abortion. I pray every day for the conversion of her heart and for the safety of her son, Ezra. What should I do? I consider calling Child Protective Services. Oh, my goodness. They'll probably arrest you. <laughs> um, but I was told as long as the child is being fed, they can't do anything. That's right. 
Plus, I don't know this mom's actual name. I thought about secretly telling the teacher, but people are worried that would jeopardize my child's safety. I will continue to pray for God's will. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. Sincerely in Christ, Anonymous. Well, you're not asking any questions, but when we get back from the break, I'll give you my thoughts on that. And in the interim, beloved, we'll have a good 10 minutes. Our lines are open, and you'll be welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you As part of our efforts to teach the beauty of our faith, we're broadcasting a special educational lesson every Wednesday called Lessons in Latin. I'm Canon Bourgeois, a priest of the Institute of Christ the King's Sovereign Priest. These mini-teachings break down the history of the various parts of the Holy Mass. You can hear Lessons in Latin on Wednesdays at approximately 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Lessons in Latin Wednesdays at 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is... Our last segment, about 10 minutes, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll-free 1-877-5483 or email at mother at com. Just before the break, we read an email from someone who writes in anonymously, and 
asked if I had any questions to contact her or him, um, but um, um, they didn't ask me a question, but I will comment. Maybe that was your intent in sending this email. Um, this uh, woman is in a face group, Facebook group for moms. She doesn't identify what kind of a Facebook. It's just for moms. And she found out that uh, she ran into this mother that has the group and her son in the library and saw that her son was dressed as little girl and she was absolutely shocked and now this w- woman is sending her son dressed as a little girl to her own child's school. They'll be in kindergarten together. Doesn't know what to do about it. Um, and um, she says the mom... Uh, on her personal Facebook file seems like an angry activist who curses and promotes abortion. I don't even know what you're doing in that mom's group, except hopefully God will use you as an instrument to bring his truth into it. Um, What should I do? Well, you do ask that. What should I do? Um, She said, I considered calling Child Protective Services, but I was told as long as the child is being fed, they can't do anything. Plus, I don't know this mom's actual name. I thought about secretly telling the teacher, but people are worried that could that could jeopardize my child's safety. I will continue to pray for God's will. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I would say to you, dear one, um, you need to make this known to the Facebook group. Um, simply make it known. Uh, go online. And, and to the Facebook group and warn them and say, talk to the mother and say, I was in the library and I came across you and your son. I was shocked to see you dressing your son as a little girl. And now you're going to be in the same school as my son and um, uh, dressing your son as a little girl. Uh, is this your intent? Uh, because I consider this harmful. Uh, to my son and to yours, even though uh, I know you will disagree. Um, So I would make this known to the Facebook group. Don't keep it to yourself. Uh, The second thing is, you must make it known to the teacher. Um, Because I don't know if it's a Catholic school or a public school, but your child should not be in there. I don't know why you would be sending your child there. I don't know why, if it's kindergarten, that little child isn't homeschooled by you. I don't know if you're working full-time or what the circumstance is, but that's what I mean. If you don't pull your children out of these public situations, um, it's not a mother like that who raises her little boy as a girl that's going to harm your child. It's you who are harming your child, sending her or him into that environment. So I would tell the Facebook group, I would also tell the teacher. And what the teacher does about it, we don't know. Um, You said if you tell the teacher you're worried about your child's safety, I don't know why. Just take your child out of that classroom. Put him in another school. Keep him at home. Do what you have to do. His safety should not be challenged at all. So um, you are in charge of this, Mom. Not the school, not the teacher, and not this Um, mom whose life is somewhat distorted morally. We have an email from someone again who writes anonymously and says, Hello, Mother Miriam. 
Have you seen this video of Pope Francis claiming homosexuality is morally okay? I hadn't seen it, but my dear producer James uh, put the link up during the last break, so I just saw it right now. Um, And you say, I'm confused as to why he's expressing this, when in the New Testament it says homosexuals won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Could you please share your thoughts on this? It's very clear. This Pope is teaching heresy. I've mentioned before that the Synod on Synodality is looking into all of this and is going to call sin okay. Um, uh, The Pope is absolutely wrong. He is uh, countering the Catholic faith. He is speaking against the faith once delivered to the saints. He has no right to speak against it. He has no power to change doctrine, and that's what he's trying to do. So, if he says that homosexuality is morally okay, it's because he could care less for the soul of any human being. Um, If he really believes what he's saying, then he's 100% a tool of Satan. 100% if he believes it. I don't even think Satan believes it. I don't even believe Satan believes it. I think Satan spreads it in order to take people from God, but I think even Satan knows better. So why he's doing it is part of an absolute evil agenda to destroy the church, at least as we know it. We have um, a comment on YouTube from Anonymous uh, who writes, what if you are a good person but not a Christian? Do those people go to hell? Let me just say this. Good people and Christians do not simply go to heaven because they're good people and Christians. Uh, uh, the devil believes and also trembles, says says J- St. James. The one who goes to hell is the one who rejects Christ as the only Savior of the world. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. No one. And... Um, He established his church. We are his body. He is the head. It's not Christ and the church. Christ is the church. The church is Christ. We are his body. They are one in the same. And so, in order to go to heaven, you need to be a repentant sinner. You need to be a sinner who repents and gives their life to Christ through the church he established on earth. To repent, confess your sins, receive absolution, and enter the church through its means of grace that God has established now. Um, Is it possible for anyone else to be saved? Absolutely, yes. And the Catechism says that those who through no fault of their own, who through no fault of their own, um, do not know the teachings of the Catholic Church, but live up to the grace of God they have been given, those people can be saved. Not will be saved, but can be saved. And we can't know that. Only God knows the heart. But it's also true that those within the Catholic Church who are baptized, who call themselves Catholics, even who have had all the sacraments, even who receive the Eucharist on Sunday, will not be saved because if they do not live up to all the grace and truth they've been given because they've been given more than anyone on the face of the earth. And if they do not live up to those truths, though they're Catholic, they will not um, uh, enter heaven. And they will be among the group that comes to Jesus at the end 
And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And they said, Lord, we attend the church every Sunday. We did this, we did that, we fed the poor, we did that. And he just says, depart from me, I never knew you. Because they didn't do it for God. They didn't do it in obedience to God or love for him. They did it uh, for um, temporary means, not eternal means. So um, uh, Jesus died for good people because there's no one without sin. Good people sin. And he died for Christians because they too sin. But an unrepentant Christian um, who does not embrace Christ will not be in heaven. Um, and again, God alone knows the heart. And I think if we're disposed to the grace of God, uh, then at the time even of our death, uh, we will say yes to him. God alone knows that. Beloved, God bless you. We'll be with you tomorrow.